Hello there and welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. I hope you're well. Thank you for hitting on the button. Hope you enjoy the upcoming conversation. Found it fascinating with former Premier League footballer turned manager now at my local club, Cheltenham Town FC, Wade Elliott, which is coming up momentarily. But first, quick thank yous to the sponsors, people who support the podcast, chiefly Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Reach out to Jason Briggs and his team and they will see you right or go into the beautiful store in the courtyard in Montpellier here in Cheltenham in the west of England. Thank you also to Cytoplan, if you're looking to optimise your immunity, they're very gratefully and graciously given us a discount code associated with the podcast. We've been taking the supplements for 20 plus years as a family under my steward, under the stewardship of my father, Dr. Mark Draper, who's been a consultant there, micronutritionist and, and general practitioner, my dad. And if you go to cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk, the discount code at checkout will get you 30% off your first purchase, 10% thereafter, and that code is DRAPER10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, all capital letters, the numerals 1-0 and the capital letter R. Also, don't forget, we're so intent on helping you make the most out of life. We've teamed up with the Whole Man Academy, Anthony Asprey, offering 100% free mentoring sessions. He does this professionally with people, usually men, but can be women if you're if you're one of my female listeners as well. Go to the show notes. There's a link there. Five given away each month with the podcast. Now on to the podcast itself. Great conversation with Wade Elliott. Started at Bashley Town, non-league, worked his way up to the Premier League with Burnley, played in Europe with Birmingham City, and now is Cheltenham Town manager. And great to get his insight after a really difficult loss at the weekend, which we we'll talk about here. So really appreciate him coming over. The one and only Wade Elliott. <music> Wade Elliott, we are recording on my double recording studio. <laughs> Thank you for coming over to my house. I really appreciate it. No, good to see you, Ed. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I really appreciate you coming because I wasn't sure after the weekend because I know it was a really tough result against Alf Church, who are, for people who are listening, who aren't necessarily football fans, were the, the ninth tier, Cheltenham, were third tier of, of English football. So it was a cup upset, which the neutrals absolutely love and clearly Alf Church will love, but it must be a, a difficult time. It's been a difficult few days. Yeah, it's been a tough weekend. Um... You know, one thing's guaranteed in the FA Cup is going to be an upset somewhere. Yeah. You don't want it to be you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's been a tough weekend. <laughs> it's been a tough weekend. But it's, for people who follow other sports, it's almost incomprehensible the depth of football in this country, isn't it? That there's something about how many people play professional and semi professional football in England, but there's also beyond that the fact that football is a game so low scoring that if someone nicks a goal you can put men behind the ball it's tough for you know it's Cheltenham proof you were probably just at the club when they went 1-0 up against Man City for 18 minutes the best team in the world some people say club side 18 months ago or so almost hung on there's something about the game that, that can breed these results yeah we, we had this discussion as a staff last week about we are talking about rugby mm. we are saying upsets in rugby are really yeah. really rare you get an upset in rugby biggest strongest tend to win Biggest, strongest. It's so high scoring. So football, you can the nature of the game, you can get upsets because, and I'm not saying this is what happened, but you can you can have a goalkeeper have a worldie. It can be difficult to score, and someone can nick a result. So the nature of football is that you you do get upsets. I'm not saying that's what happened with Alf Church. Yeah. Um, Was it a disappointing performance? I think you said that you had chances in the game, though. We had we had enough chances to. It was one of those days where couple of things conspire against you we had enough chances to win the game we end up making our last sub uh, and someone gets injured so we yeah. finished the game with with 10 men so we had enough chances but it was still a, a disappointing performance it shouldn't be like you said you just you just said that the gap between the two teams we shouldn't be um Even if those things conspire against you, we should be good enough and the performance should be good enough to to get past Alf Church, mm. even if a couple of things conspire against you. So that's yeah, not hiding away from it. The The performance wasn't good enough. Um, we could have got through. Yeah. You know, we had enough opportunities to get through, but that wouldn't have masked the, the performance. And 
so yeah, no, it's been a it's been a weekend of, of reflection, of avoiding the of avoiding the FA Cup and the draw and yeah and everything else. What, what have you done? Did you shut everything off? Did you over the weekend? Uh, well, I've got my I've got my little boy. Yeah, and I learned I learned a long time ago that I can't let I can't let outside stuff mm. outside stuff affect him. So um, Saturday night I went and picked him up from the from the childminder. Did bedtime. Yeah. Um, licked my wounds a little bit Saturday night, and then Sunday. Sunday daytime. I, I spent the day with him. Brilliant. Um, were you able to? Were you able to be upbeat and and happy with him? Because that's important, isn't it? Because if you're in an emotional business like football, you have to be able to switch off. Yeah, but he's he's in terms of that, he's the best thing. He's the best thing ever. Yeah. Because, like I said to you, I learned a while ago not to. Um, no matter what I've got going on outside of in the rest of my life, mm. my time with him is the most most precious thing in the world to me. So. Yeah, is it? No, is it the flip side? Is you don't get too high if it's a good result? Is that how you how you? Yeah, no, it as I well? think I think I've always been like that anyway. Yeah. Uh, you always say that you take things from different managers, and Chris Hutton was was brilliant at that. Mm. So very level, re- unbelievably level. You'd uh, you'd have a great result, and he'd be like you just said, never too high, never too low, and no matter what the scenario or the situation. The feeling I always got from Chris was that he was in control and he was calm and that he'd been there and he'd seen it and he'd done it and um, I think that calmness just mm. oozed through the squad. It helps I mean, you think as well, doesn't it? But either either in a victory or a defeat, you can think about the positives and negatives from the performance. I suppose that's the the key is is turning it into a learning experience. It's trying to be objective. Yeah. So, uh, Sean O'Driscoll texts me. Mm. He said he's your, f- your first manager. He's my first manager, Sean, and he texted me and he said, um, he said, concentrate on the solutions, not the problems. And it's sounds simple, but yeah, you can either you can either wallow in it and sort of start thinking, wow, such such didn't do this, and so or you you can accept it. And the only way to the best course of action now is to is to try and move forward and and get better from it and how do we be objective about the game be objective about your prep in the week what happened what do we do what didn't we do should we have done something different if we did it next time what would we do Um, did did you did you do any scouting on Alfchurch do you know much about them yeah yeah. we knew loads honestly the uh, because they're only up the road in Bromsgrove aren't they they're up up the road in Bromsgrove Um, well they're they're sort of South Birmingham aren't they they're right Mm. by Birmingham City's training ground but we've got good links there through the director of football and I'm a first team coach oh, okay so we knew we knew everything about them mm. we knew all their players we knew their system I we had their we knew their team we knew um, we watched we watched the last five or six games managed to get footage yeah uh, what was the footage like? <laughs> what was that shot? Was it the footage? Was it was? Listen, it's not wide. iPhone was it? Oh, yeah. No, no, it was. No, it's a decent setup. Yeah, it's a decent setup, and they do things. They do things properly, and they've got. I bet they've got good players. There's a probably a fine margin between who makes it, who doesn't make it. It's still a good level, isn't it? And it may be just consistency, but I presume on on a one-off game, there's players there that have a, a high high top level. Yeah, they've got they've got players who I, I said to the our lads the gap in with the greatest respect. The gap in ability isn't hmm. the reason our lads are in our dressing room and theirs in there isn't isn't ability. Hmm. The gap in ability will be won't be huge. Yeah, but it's consistency, consistency, mentality, mindset—they're the things that doing it on a day-to-day day basis. But a lot, some, a lot of our lads, Caleb Taylor knew a lot of their lads. Hmm. Taylor Perry knew a lot of their lads. They played with them, so we knew they were. We knew they were good players. What we, I think, what we really struggled to to cope with is uh, they can obviously go out and play with with no fear. Yeah, like they and and they were really good. Like I, I don't want to take anything away from Alfred. Okay. They were really good. Being away from home was galvanising to them at a, a ground like Cheltenham. 
I think they enjoyed the occasion. They enjoyed the setup. They had fifteen hundred fans. Wow. Um, so it was obviously obviously a big occasion for them, and they went out and they played. Is that more than they get at home usually? I think they get about 200, 300 at home. <laughs> so they had a big, it was a big turnout. And then, on the flip side of it, is our lads, we we go a goal behind. Mm. We make a bit of an error, we go a goal behind. And I think then the, the fear grips one or two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... It's paralysing, isn't it? It's a little bit paralysing for them. And... And I think what what you, we what we what we have got is we've got we've got a group that haven't haven't been through. I'm just really conscious. That I don't want to come across like I'm I'm making excuses because I'm because I'm not. Yeah. It's not excuses. It's trying to understand. It's trying to un, trying to get a real trying to learn from it. Yeah. Trying to learn from it. Trying to get a real deep understanding of what of what happened and how we can all get better from it and what what we have got is we 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 have a group that doesn't have so it's not so much the age I think we had five or six under 20 under 21 22 okay yeah but I think even our experienced ones don't have masses and masses of games so the ones you think in our team who are experienced like a Sean Long Mm -hmm. our skipper I think Long he's played about 110 league games yeah which is Two seasons, yeah. Uh, Ryan Broom's the same. I think Alfie's probably 150 odd. What in the, in the football league? Have they yeah, played, what, lower level before. Yeah. Uh, or just... Alfie, Alfie would have. Yeah, yeah. Alfie would have. Uh, Broomy, no. Longy, not, not so much. So we, our lads go in. There's expectation on them. Mm. We concede, and then it's. They haven't been through those sort of scenarios before. They haven't been through. Yeah. But we'll be, but they will be better for it. But so what we've got is we've got a really young, we've got a we've got a group with not a lot of league games, and I think with that, you hit certain scenarios that they haven't encountered before, and yeah, it's difficult for them to find their way through it sometimes. Just mentally as well, it's been a couple of seasons of of, of having to be quite attritional, isn't it, in League One I suppose versus League Two when they won the title. I guess that week in week out, there feels like there's a a fairly consistent pressure for the past couple of seasons for the players, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think there's for been, those players who've been here, of course. Players that have been flux, there, but yeah. I mean, we're quite a new, we're quite a new group. I think what well, we've lost a lot of, we've lost a lot of games, mm. league games. I don't mean, I don't mean <laughs> matches. I mean, yeah. we've lost. You, you look at, you know, in the summer we, we lost. Um, we lost people like Andy Williams, Boiler, mm. Scott Flinders, Connor Thomas, Huss went in January. But there's yeah two thousand odd league games there. Yeah, wow. So we've replaced them with we've so we've replaced them with really good players. So we've got a really good squad. It's young, it's exciting, it's energetic, it's talented. What it what it hasn't got, and that's a trade off, like we're Cheltenham, we can't have it's difficult for us to go out and get with the difficult for us to go and get experience and the quality. We can't we yeah. can't go and get we can't go and get a twenty eight year old who's played yeah. two, three hundred League One games because we'll get outbid for it. And that's yeah. just that is what it is. That's not mm-hmm. like we all knew that at the outset. That's so, so, so you're playing with potential and trying to realise. We're playing. Potential, we're like playing that. with potential. We realise potential, and what we will have is in fifty, sixty games time, I'll have a Lewis Freestone that's played, that's got a full season under his belt or two, yeah. his first full season. I'll have an Elliot Bonds, a Dan Adzed, a Ben Williams, a Will Ferry, a, a Christian Norton. You know, we'll have a really strong galvanised group that have been through, have had experiences like Alf Church, mm-hmm. have gone away to places like Chef Wed or an Ipswich, or, um, and we'll be, we'll be much much better for it. What, what but at the minute, we're going to have to. At the minute, we'll have to take a few. We'll have to take a few punch on the noses, and we'll have to have a few ups and downs, and. 
it's like a psychological state to be in ahead of facing an underdog, I suppose, because you would have had that in your career. You worked your way up through the leagues to play Premier League with Burnley. But I'm guessing, psychologically, was it easier? I remember you beating Manchester United in that, that game in 2009, 1-0 when you'd been promoted. Were those games easier than playing a, a minnow in the cup? Or was it a different mindset that you had to approach the game in each, each scenario? And you learned that from experience. Yeah, no, I think it's just... I think it's just calmness. I think I, when I, I mean, the time I got to the Premier League with Burnley, I was I was thirteen. I'd probably played about five hundred league games. Yeah. So I'd uh, I'd been knocked out of the cup. I remember being at Bournemouth and going away to Aki and <laughs> when Aki were non-league and getting knocked out of the cup. Horrible journey back. Horrible journey. But you know, I'd been I'd been through that so. I think I've just been through a lot of scenarios. I'd seen a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of things that happened in games, and I'd got to a point. By the time I got to by the time I got to that stage of my career, I'd, I'd I was sort of there wasn't many things that happened in the game that that mm. shocked me or surprised me. So yeah, I didn't really you know if I was on the pitch on. If I was on the pitch on Saturday and we'd gone one nil down, it probably wouldn't, it probably wouldn't jolt me too much because mm-hmm. I'd be thinking, well, yeah, keep I've doing it. I've seen it. I keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, our lads haven't, our lads haven't experienced that. They have now. Yeah. But up until that point, not many of them would have experienced something like that. Um, so, what what is the challenge now in terms of? getting them to learn from, from the experience or maybe just generally as a, a coach how much of this is, is psychological motivational how much of it is technical and tactical on the, the training ground core I think the um, don't have to be exact percentages just the no, general thought about what you think yeah. the keys are to getting them back round or, or generally what the keys are to you know your first management job what you think has the most impact on, on players well I think the mental stage has the biggest hmm. I think the mental state has the biggest impact on. You have to have you have to have a technical and a tactical plan. Mm. So you do, but I think mindset is. I yeah, we were talking about Harry Redknapp, weren't we? we f- you felt yeah. that the play people just would want but to Owen, be around him. But Owen was. I had Owen Coyle, and Owen was the best. Yeah. Owen was the best man manager I ever had. Mm. Um, I had other managers who were more. Who were more tactical, more technical. But Owen just made me feel, Owen made me feel a million dollars. Yeah. Made me feel brilliant. And I went out every game thinking. That led you scoring that great goal in the playoff final, didn't it? Yeah, and he did. But he, he made you feel, he made you feel confident. And he made you feel you could, you could take on anybody. Yes. Um, so no, I think, I think mindset and confidence and is. So this time's about G and the players up and giving them, not arrogance, but a bit of a swagger about what they do from, from here on in. Oh, it's difficult because you've got to be. We've just been beaten by Alvarez, so you've yeah. got to be. You have to be realistic. I can't walk in and. Yeah. I can't walk in and pretend everything's hunky dory and. I can't brush it under the carpet. Yeah. But you have to. You have to move forward and you have to get mm. better from it. There's no point in us. We will break it down. We will dissect it. We'll be. Do you ask them what they think as well? What they think they could do better or individually, yeah, collectively? Yeah, we'll have that conversation. We mm. will have that. We will. We do that before, after every game, anyway. Yeah. So they will. They just spent the weekend raking it over. Mm. They don't, you know. The footballers do care. Yeah. And especially our group. Our group, are brilliant. They're they're really. They're all in. They're committed. They don't come to Cheltenham for the money. They come because they want to play football and they want to improve and they want to get better. Yeah. Um, they don't go out to. You know, they don't go out to. Underperform. Underperform. They. They generally do give their give their best. Yeah. Every day, every game. It's. It's my job and the staff's job to help them. So after every game, they go into they go into a room and they they have a really open, honest discussion about the game previous, what they could do, 
what we could have done better, mm-hmm. what we're going to take away from it. Our church will be exactly the same. Yeah, it'll be the same process. I imagine it'll be a little bit more. It'll be a bit more raw. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it, we're, we're, an, we're analyze we're analyze it. We won't we won't um, we won't rake ourselves over the coals over it. But we'll analyze it, and the only thing you can do is try and try and move forward from it and try and get yeah. try and get better. Do the players call each other out, or is it more of a yeah yeah yeah? Not in a not in a bad way. It's not. It's not condemning. It's just a kind of like. No, they've got. I think, I think you could have done that better, or you could have spoken to me more, or whatever it might be. Now we've got a room, and it's a it's a safe space, and everybody's opinion is everybody's opinion's the same. Yeah. So whether you're whether you're the youngest one or the oldest one, whether you've played the game, you haven't played the game. Everyone gives their opinion. Everyone's opinion is equally valid um, but then when we move out when we leave the room when we all leave the room it's there's no hangovers from it yeah we go out and we train and we it's a fresh start it's a fresh start from from there the only the only point of it is to try and try and get better yeah everyone who's at our club is there to try and get better mm-hmm. uh, the players are the players we generally sign are ones who uh, with the greatest respect, they want to use Cheltenham as a as a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. So we we take we take players who have for whatever reason have lost their way a little bit, um, whether that's injury or they've hit a cul de sac at the club yeah. they're at, and we try and it's give like them the Brian Clough model, I suppose. Yeah. Well, that's just I think that's where we are. That's how we get good players. And mm. It's our job to try and give them a give them a platform. Giving them, give them an environment because there's a ceiling at Cheltenham at the moment financially, isn't there? I suppose is for for aspirational players. Yeah, so that's that's how we I think our model is. That's how we can get good players. Yeah, we've got to give them an opportunity. We've got to, we've got to evidence that we can that we can help progress them. We can coach them. We can develop them. Mm-hmm. We can give them the chance to play. Then it's in their hands to to take the opportunity and see if they can move. Move back to the level that they, that they and we think they they belong at, and then hopefully they benefit from it. We benefit from it, and then we go and yeah, reinvest in the next one. But that's the that's the cycle. And obviously, it's raw at the moment. But how have you felt this transition into being the manager? You've been a coach for what six, seven years, I suppose. Going back yeah. to Bristol City, what's the transition from playing to coaching to management been like? How's it? all differ yeah, well playing to there's nothing like playing mm. <coughs> playing's the playing's the best <laughs> do you think did you appreciate it at the time when you look back now was, yeah I did yeah, yeah I did because I was 21 when I started yeah because you yeah you Bashley was it non-league I played at Bashley till I was I was at Southampton as a kid got released um, signed for Bashley played for Bashley till I was about 21 yeah, I was at uni. Um, got a trial at Bournemouth. Were you uni- where were you uni at Southampton? Were you? No, I was at Goldsmiths in London. Oh, okay. Finance um, was it? Or? No, it was. I studied sociology. Oh, cool. Um, but it's a it's a real arts college. Yeah. Goldsmiths. Um, Economics would have been good for Cheltenham <laughs> at the moment, probably, wouldn't it? Budgets. And... Yeah. But that communications and sociology. It was. Yeah. I think the best thing about uni was it teaches you to to be an independent learner yeah so I went in not knowing a lot about sociology in all honesty but it teaches you to go away and about how society works how it could work yeah and even just uni is sort of you do you do GCSEs or your A-levels and it's it's this is the information you need to learn it yeah you go away to uni and it's no you need to go away and mm. work it out for yourself and come back and tell me what you've what you've found so it was it was moving away from home the first time it was that sort of model where you've got to go away and find stuff out for yourself so yeah maybe a lot more self-sufficient um but I, I was playing for Bashi at the time to what I would do is I'd work during the summer yeah try and save us much what were you doing for, what were you doing in the summer what jobs oh, I was doing I was working in factories I was doing a gardening job I was <laughs> Uh, my mum used to. So you almost you'd given up on football at this point? Or? No, no, not at all. No, not at all. 
I um, I'd do that in the summer. I'd save up as much money as I could to pay my rent and my books. And then I'd play for Bashley in the week and I'd get a little bit of money to live on during the week. Yeah. Playing for Bashley. Um, but no, I was still desperate to be a desperate to be a footballer. Yeah. And would come back every weekend from London to play for Bashley. Yeah. What's that what sort of level was that? Cool. It was a Dot Martin South. So I don't know so what I'm, I'm eighth level or something yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, I don't I get Yeah. The pyramids changed so much, I don't know what no. that correlates to now. But yeah, still, still desperate to be a football player. But was starting to think I might have to have an alternative here because having a degree was a good, doesn't, yeah, good start. Uh, had a trial at Bournemouth. Um, what do you think changed with you to make it as a player that you've missed out the first time? Was it just someone else's judgment of you being wrong, or did yeah, you did no, you grow in that just, period? No, I think. Well, it's a good question, that. Because the big one is that I always think about it all the time. What, how, how many players have we missed out on not seeing that, that big maybe one was didn't a, make Big it? one was opportunity. Yeah. So someone gave me gave me the chance. So Jimmy Case was my manager at, oh, right. at Bashley. Yeah, and famous Jimmy, Liverpool player, was he? Yeah. yeah, he had an unbelievable career, Jimmy. Um, and he he arranged me to go in and have a, have a match at Bournemouth. Mm. So first thing was the opportunity. Bournemouth were? Bournemouth were League One. League One, yeah. Probably the second thing was I was I got released from Southampton being slight. Yeah, I was I was always really there's nothing on me. Yeah, um, good job, Xavi and Iniesta weren't there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, different type <laughs> of football then. Yeah, um, and I think the question mark that would have been the question mark about me always. But I went to Bashley and played 100, 150. That must have toughened you. Did that toughen you up? At, yeah, yeah, probably toughened me up a little bit, but. I think it answered the question about whether I could cope with the physicality. Yeah, because the physicality so, at that level is supreme, isn't it? Oh, it was brutal. Hmm. It was absolutely, it was, yeah. There's no soft yellow cards given in that uh, No, it was scary. No, I'm being really honest, early on, it was scary. Mm. Some of the stuff that went on was... Yeah. But you learn to, and that's how I learned to look after myself. Add a had a group of men around me. Mm proper men who looked after me basically sort of wouldn't let any wouldn't let any harm come to me then over time I learned to learn to take care of myself and you, could, you were able to show your quality in that environment because it's quite hard in that environment isn't it I think to, oh yeah it's to, a yeah it's a it's a bit of a blood and thunder kind it was, of it was blood and thunder but it was the same there was still like you said earlier the the strength of the depth of football in this in this country is yeah. off the scale so at that level, they were good players, mm. um, and I played with some of our, some of my teammates, really good, really good footballers who, for whatever reason, it hadn't happened for them, yeah, at the level, and but were still, still talented, and still had ability, and did, like, on their day could still. Did Jimmy Case broker contact with Bournemouth then for you, or did Bournemouth yeah, scout you? No, Jimmy. Um, Jimmy had a, he played a testimonial game for Bournemouth. Yeah, and he mentioned it to the assistant manager there at the time um, and it all spiralled from there what would you think about the academy system because I've been speaking to a friend from, from Loughborough actually who's a scout now for Arsenal and he was talking his kids now at Nottingham Forest Academy but he was saying that the, the map has changed completely where so few people make it because so many go into academies at eight nine years of age training three times a week um, do you think that's the best way to do it or is it better to let people develop a bit in the old school way in a local football team and then get scouted later and are we in a, in a way are we danger of giving too many kids a dream that's not going to be realised and, and perhaps other kids miss out who aren't even playing football at seven or eight um, I think I think everybody's everybody's path is going to be different yeah I think there's enough there's enough roots into football now so I think could, could it happen again? Do you think you'd be playing for Bashley and Bournemouth could pick you up? Yeah, I'd, I'd say even more so now. Yeah, I would say even more so with the, I think with the the depth of scouting and, like you say, there's that many there's that so many people kids still in looking at now lower that, league football, are they? Yeah, we scour lower league football. Yeah. So, Mickey, our director of football, is he's got good links into non-league. So, I think anybody I would have been seventeen, eighteen playing for Bashley's first team. 
So I think anybody who's 17, 18, playing non-league football, first-team non-league football, is on the radar of... Yeah. Is on the radar of clubs. So I think there's... I think there's multiple... There's multiple routes into into the game. The mm. academy's one of them. Yeah. Which, is, which works for some. It's a big um, investment for the clubs as well, isn't it? It's a massive for investment for yeah. the clubs. But even... I think they, I think they've become really, really skilled at it. Mm. So from being in an academy and looking at the, the coaches who do the the foundation phase, phase they're like, I couldn't do it. Mm. I don't have the, I don't have the skill set to do it. They're brilliant. Because um, the danger is that you get a kid into a club at eight years old, and by the time you got to make a decision on him getting a pro contract at eighteen, he's been in the system for ten years. Yeah. And if you're not careful, every day they're being assessed, judged. There's pressure on their training. So you, I don't think you, kill I don't think the, you, you want kill that the freedom, of, of joy think, of it. But I, you, you could do. But I think that's where I go and watch. I used to watch the foundation coaches at Stoke. The sessions were fun. Yeah. They engaged with the kids. The kids didn't feel under pressure. It's supposed to be fun, isn't it? That's the whole. It's re- meant yeah. to be fun. That's the whole. That's the whole point of it, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Like if it's not fun, if it's not enjoyable, then what? Yeah. The key What's is it, it is a job, but you don't want to turn it into a job because you want yeah, to have that exactly. intrinsic intrinsic aspect to it. Yeah, exactly. You want to keep it keep it fun. But yeah, the the um, see the academies are. I think the academies are great for for some people. Some people probably need to, and I do think they get a bit of a. I think the academies and the academy system and twenty threes football gets a bit of a mm. bit of a bad press. I think people are quick to say, "Oh, it's false football and it's fake and it's this, that, and the other." But when I was growing up, all the dialogue was was that our football was all blood and thunder, yeah. and technically we couldn't hold a candle to. We go to international tournaments, we couldn't hold a candle to continental teams or South American yeah, so teams. You, you, so you changed the system, and then you, you so damned we, the other way. Yeah, people yeah. saying it's not there's not enough intensity to it. Yeah, so. Yeah, but now we're producing really good, really good tactically aware technical players. Mm. Um, you're never going to cover. You're never going to cover every base, no. which is why some players need. Some players need to go out on loan. Mm-hmm. We take players on loan, and we teach. We took really good example is Aaron Ramsey. Yeah. So Aaron is a top 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 player. Yeah. Um, we took him on loan last year from Villa. It was his first loan. Yeah. Technically, tactically, I don't think we taught him. We would have taught him a sliver. Aaron Ramsey or Aaron Ramsey, Aaron Ramsey Jacob's yeah. brother. Jacob's brother, yeah. So, but what Aaron's been in the, the academy system for years mm. and years at Villa, brilliant academy. Um, Aaron came to us and he he learnt the game. He learnt he learnt what Saturday Tuesday was like. He learnt what the verbals were like. Mm. He learnt what getting kicked was like. Do you get less time on the ball in League One than you do in the Premier League? You think? Uh, no, no. People say that. That's not. Is that my... because they work? They're, they're operating at a quicker level, is it? In the Premier yeah. League? The, the the touch is better and the, the, the awareness. The is touch better. is better. The spaces are smaller. Yeah. It's quicker. It's yeah. more intense. Um, Especially with the press now, I think that's so common in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, and just just the athleticism and the the knowledge of, of the players. Yeah. Um, but Aaron Aaron came in. And I've been really honest. He he struggled a little bit. Mm. Um, I think some people, some of our fans, would have looked at it and wouldn't have been convinced by him. Mm-hmm. Um, would have wondered what the hype was about. But the experience for him was 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 brilliant. Like we basically the bit that they can't give him in the academies. The yeah. academy, say the academy gave him ninety percent of his development. Yeah. The bit that they couldn't give him, the nuts and bolts, the the environment, the Saturday Tuesday, all the real life real life football, first team football, we gave him that little ten percent. He went away in the summer, um, has obviously grown from the experience, as we've added that little bit to him. Now he's gone away to Norwich and he's doing yeah, he's doing absolutely brilliantly. So I think the Academies do a the academies do a really, really good job. You can never cover every base, 
but that's where you've got to utilise the loans or your other bits and bobs to yeah. produce a fully round out fully rounded player and we, we, we've got it now with Caleb Taylor yeah so Caleb Caleb made a mistake to bring it full circle Caleb made a mistake on for the first goal on Saturday against Alvechurch okay um, got caught on the ball lads nicked it off him they ran through and scored mm-hmm. so Caleb has Caleb at the end he's absolutely and you can see it's a, it has knocked him mm-hmm. it's knocked him during the game yeah because um, you, because you need a confidence to hold on to the ball at certain times, don't you? As well. That's yeah, the... and he's Caleb. It was like I said to you, Caleb knew a lot of people, knew a lot of mm. knew a lot of their players, knew a lot of people in the crowd. He would have, so he made a mistake in it, and it it affected him. Um, and I spoke to Caleb afterwards, and I spoke to him. I called him again Sunday, and I just said to him. That that's why he's here. That's why he's with us. Yeah, like he's been absolutely magnificent for us. Um, he's gonna be. He's gonna be a top player. How old is he? Caleb's nineteen. Okay. Yes. Yeah, he's gonna be a top player. But what? What he? The reason he's with us is to make those sort of mistakes. Yeah. Is to. It's a bit like local radio and TV for broadcasters, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It probably is. Yeah. But, that's that's the trade-off. We get Caleb's ability. We get him for. We you know we benefit from his talent for, for a period. Mm. The trade-off with West Brom is that he makes a few mistakes on our on our watch, and we mm. we but, carry but we carry the cost of that. As well. But we iron out those kinks in Caleb. Mm. He has those experiences with us, and when he goes back to West Brom. He's more rounded and he's better for the experience. More resilient. So next time he makes a mistake, it doesn't affect him. It'll be next time he makes a mistake. It'll be so. I spoke to him about Josh Griffiths because we took Josh on loan from um, from West Brom, mm-hmm. and he'll know Josh really well. Yeah. So Josh's Josh's biggest attribute is his temperament, and his mentality. You asked me earlier what the most important thing is: the technical, tactical, or the mentality. Yeah. So Josh Griff Josh conceded a goal from a goal kick. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom King at Newport's taking a goal kick and he scored past Josh. It's in the oh the one that bounced the one that bounced. Yeah, you would yeah. have played. You Last would have, you would have it, shown yeah. it on. Yeah, we showed. Show it, it. I think I was on that night. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So it's in the Guinness Book of World he, Records. He keeps like six six, isn't he? For, is he or something like that? He's tall. He, he's six six. Yeah, but the best thing the best thing about Josh is he made a mistake. He could brush it off, and he could. Yeah. He could move on. Um, and I said to Caleb. It, you're going to make mistakes. Like the best players in the world make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. The big learning curve for you, the reason why you're here with us, is when you make them. Well, a, can you minimise them? Mm-hmm. But B, when you do make them, can you clear your head, reset? Yeah. Carry on with the rest of your game. Yeah, being honest that you've made a mistake, but not obsessed with it and let it drag you down. Yeah, and Caleb will. Next time Caleb makes a mistake, he'll be he'll deal with it better. Mm. But that's why he's with us. It's experience, isn't it? Everything. It's experience, and that's I think Caleb's had a brilliant grounding. To go back to your question, Caleb's had a brilliant grounding in the, in the academy. They can't give him that experience. Yeah. Caleb makes a mistake for West Brom's twenty ones, and it doesn't really matter. Is that because of the fans? You think there's, there's a, just everything? Yeah. You think Caleb's made a mistake? It's um, it's ruined a lot of Cheltenham Chelten fans Saturday night, and yeah, yeah. There's there's that, there's there's um there's fallout from it. Mm. Like it's you know there's fifteen hundred away fans that he's got to go and yeah. There's two thousand home fans. He's got to he's got to watch it back on match of the day. Yeah, he's got. Well, nowadays your phone is hooked up to all the people in the world. Will your be. phone's hooked up. He walks back in the dressing room at the end of the game hmm. and he can see, you know, the dressing room's devastated. It does a, it affects it affects people's livelihoods. Yeah. It affects people's lives. Yeah. Um, the academy at West Brom can't give him that. No. 
Like we can. How, how much empathy with dealing with these young players do you have because of your experience of coming through late in terms of getting the, the professional contract at Bournemouth? Is it, does it help you? Do you think because people talk about what your experience as a player or non-player, people talk about people now who've come different route, who've got into to coaching and management, but it seems like Michael Duff in particular had a lot of empathy for players on the up because he went up the eight tiers to the Premier League and yours is a similar story, isn't it, in lots of ways to Michael's? I think my... I think my my empathy with them comes from from a playing experience. Yeah. So I did. I played. I don't know how many games I played. I played a lot of games. Yeah. And I I played from Bashley to Premier League to playing in Europe with Birmingham. That's, so it's more helpful, I would think, than being Paul Scholes comes through the Manchester United Academy was an Oldham fan goes back to manage Oldham mm. is that more difficult for him to empathise with even though he loves that club it's, it's a different it's a different journey isn't it when you've been at the very top and not had to, to have that journey I don't, know, I, I don't know I wouldn't mind it being Paul <laughs> no I don't know I'm just thinking about in terms of management at League yeah, 1 yeah no I don't know honestly I wouldn't like to I wouldn't like to comment on that because I don't know but it, not particularly Paul Scholes but you know just uh, um, someone as an I individual only, I can only relate it to my yeah but you understand only, these people. No, at this I level. do understand the question, but I can only relate it to my to my experience. But I think a lot of what the players have been through day to day, like I know how they feel Saturday. Yeah, I walk in the dressing room and I have to. I'm not the important one on Saturday. Like yeah. for as bad as I feel. I'm not the important. So, one. are you thinking what do they want? What would I have wanted from me yep. in this situation? Yeah, I'm thinking what do they need? Mm. What's the best thing that I can give them now? Yeah. Um, what did you say to them? Not you don't have to get the detail, but what what was the tone of it? Was I just it? I basically just said to them that to go away, reflect on it, um, and to strap themselves in because it's not going to be nice for mm. some. Do you tell them to switch their phones off and things do that? Or is that an oh, individual choice? I don't think they're going to do that anyway, if I'm being no. honest. Sounds like... You can tell them, but I'm not sure that they will. Well, what's that but like now? Because they say Premier League players now often just plug in the social media as soon as they get back in the room to dressing room to talk, to see what reports or reviews they've got. Is that a healthy thing? Is that something you encourage, discourage? I, I think you just have to accept that that's a reality now. Yeah. So you can't... You... um. Especially at the level those lads want to get to. I think if they want to play in the, if they want to play at the top level, it is it is everywhere. Prepare to be judged. I, yeah. You can't you, you say turn your phone off, but you can't get away from it, can you? No. It's like if you, you. But I just wonder whether someone like something like social media is a sphere that you have to click on an app. Maybe you don't do that for a, a while. Yeah, but even you play in the Premier League, you make a mistake in the Premier League. Hmm. Radio and TV. It's radio, TV. It's it's match of the day. It's match of the day two on a Sunday. Yeah. It's Sky Sports News. Yeah. It's UED. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's the papers on a Monday. Well, I don't morning. like. I don't like. I, I often say to ex players that the thing I don't like is sitting in judgment of people. And I think there's a lot of people willing to do that who haven't played and I haven't played. And particularly in combat sports, I feel people are very quick nowadays to criticise a fighter for being a coward or this this or that people have never had the, the guts to get in there so I'm very circumspect about that but I always ask people who are new to the punditry world how comfortable are you in critiquing these people because there's a there's a market in sensationalism of hammering people there is a sort of an area of the world where that gets attention people like a bit of controversy and uproar and you know drama whereas actually considered analysis sometimes is harder and less attention grabbing so you don't often see that yeah but part of it is we've got we've got to be we've got to big enough be big enough to take criticism off the weekend yeah like we're a proud club we know we're not the biggest but we're a proud club the we don't have Generally, what what you'll find with us is that we'll have we'll have three and a half thousand whether we're playing Alf Church or whether we're playing Man City. Yeah. Um, so there's a consistent core. And there's a, there's a core who are really really passionate about the football club. Yeah. Who care about it deeply. And 
Can we grow that, you think? Because the area yeah, seems to be getting bigger, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's more people moving here and it seems to be that maybe... I would the, hope so. The longer this club can stay in League One, it's a bit more pro- profile and prominence. I would hope so. But, you know, we have, we've, got a, we've got a proud, passionate core who care about the football club. We want the best for the football club. We've been beat by Half Church. So we've got to be big enough to take yeah. that criticism on the, on the chin and be... Be honest about what's coming. So you asked me what I told the players. It was to strap themselves in because it's going to be. Yeah. We're going to have to be open and honest with each other. Um, How important was taking criticism for you and knowing what criticism to take on board, what advice to to listen to when you made that rise up from Bashley to Bournemouth League One, ultimately to Burnley in the Premier League, and you say Europe with Birmingham City? I guess that was that the UEFA Cup. Yeah, Europa League. Yeah. Um, How important is taking criticism? It's because you can't take every bit of criticism, can you? Because it no, may not be helpful. To, no, but you have to have you have to be open. You have to be open-minded, and you have to. Have, you, you, fil- have to you have to take it. stuff on board because otherwise you're never going to yeah. get. But you listen to it and think, is there something I can take from it or not? I listen to it. I think I try and be. I think I'm a good reflector. Mm. So I do think. I listen. I don't react. I'm not reactionary, so I'll try and take stuff on board. I'll go away, I'll filter it, I'll process it. Yeah. I'll speak to... You can't You can't take on board every... It's getting a balance because you can't take on board every piece of advice because you'd go, you'd drive yourself. Have you, have you got trusted advisors? Yeah, I've got people that are... I've got... I've got people who... Who I value their opinion, their experiences. Yeah. Who I know will be honest with me. Um, I know will give me objective opinion. Will you ask them to watch the game if they haven't watched it? If they're if they're not around Cheltenham Town, or I'll ask them. Sometimes it'll be. Sometimes it's not even so much the game, the technical, tactical side of it. It's more a situation. More situational and. Yeah. Because Michael, you know, came on the podcast and he talked openly. You know, it's with him a couple of times. And Sean Dyche is literally ringing his phone. He obviously. Had a lot of count. Oh, very open about the counsel he got from Sean Dyche. If, if Michael sent me a text on. He temp, sent me a text on Saturday night, and he forwarded a text that Sean sent him a couple of weeks before. Yeah, because Michael was. It's football, two weeks ago, Michael was getting a dog's abuse. Yeah, at Barnsley, he hadn't scored for four games, and were on their their worst ever run at home. Um, and obviously they've had a couple of decent results now. Mm. Um. But no, Michael forwarded me a, a message from that he received from Sean. Um, Sean, Sean went to see because Shane Duff came round and did a podcast that he was up watching Barnsley and Sean was actually there watching the team as well. So it's it's clear that in football there's these relationships that develop that are really important for for managers. Yeah, and I spoke I, I spoke to Michael yesterday and he said, "Well, what's?" And we talked a little bit about the game. We talked a little bit about Barnsley and what's going on there. Um, And he just, he just said, you've got a, a couple of people have said to me, the big thing now, the big, the big important thing is now is that you don't, we all knew what the aim was at the start of the season. Yeah. So we knew this was going to be a tough year. What was the aim just out of interest? Because it was a record finish in League One last season. It was a record season, finish last year. If we're being really honest, we've sort of hit the end of a cycle. Mm. Um there's been a big churn in players, staff. Um, we also, it's a sort of unravelling success story, isn't it? Because what happens, like you're saying there, is if players do well, the bigger fish come calling, which then you have to restart. It's a sort of constant cycle. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they move on, don't they? You look at... So we've, we've hit a ceiling of where with some players we'd hit a ceiling of where we could go financially with them yeah um, listen even Michael I think Michael probably without speaking for him he's probably looked at it and then he's probably thought well how long can we how long can we sustain this yeah there is you know you asked can we grow Cheltenham I hope so. 
Yeah. Does it boil is... down to the the tendons at the ground? No, I think everything. I think we've got we've got a really good we've got a, it's a small it's a small staff, but we've got a really good committed group of mm. people at the football club. So the commercial department do a brilliant job trying to grow the club yeah because um, there has to be an optimism doesn't there because I think sometimes I speak to Cheltenham fans and there's a little bit of pessimism around it and you think but you well, were a non-league club 25 years ago so actually well, where you've come four from four years ago yeah and you can you know there's clear evidence that it has grown and, and surely can grow incrementally so, now, so we want to grow the, the, we want to grow the club and you go in and the commercial department are working every hour that God sends to generate yeah. more revenue the board that, that's why that's why that's why losing to Alfred is such a kicker. Like, mm. I feel that. Yeah. Because the board do, the board have done everything possible to to support me and the staff. Yeah. Like they've. And a cup run if you get to the third round. If we be get financially... to the cup run financially, it's. Yeah. So it was, it was important for the football club, mm. and I, it was important for the it was important for the board. Um, they've just purchased the the training ground. Have they? Yeah. The same one, the, the existing yeah. training ground. Yeah, I've just purchased the training ground. They. Um, what does that mean for you in terms of what you can do and develop there? Yeah, it. it um, I mean, we leased it before, yeah. so you'd have been. The, we'd have been reluctant to put money into it, yes. doing it up because we don't own it. But now it's an asset that we own. So, to answer your question, the, we're really trying to grow the football club and push it and we've changed the model of the so I said to you we've lost we've lost a lot of games mm. uh, appearances in, in the playing squad yeah but what we've done is we've replaced it with hopefully hopefully we've put some assets into the squad yeah so hopefully I think my record with developing and coaching players is good yeah so I've had a lot of a lot of good young players so we're trying to grow the club on we're trying to grow the club on that way by can we develop a, a Lewis Freestone or an Elliot Bonds or a a player like that can we can we make them an asset for the football club so mm. can we grow it commercially can we get more more punters in by the training ground develop the training ground the link between the first team and the academy has never been as good yeah so I think if you're a kid at Cheltenham now you'll never have a better chance of coming through and playing our first team than you have at the than you have at the minute and that's great for the fan base isn't it if you do get a, a Cheltenham person in the massively. team massively yeah so listen Michael and he's he's one of my best friends I don't think I'm talking out of turn <laughs> Michael took the opportunity at Barnley Barnsley because firstly because Barnsley's a they're punching below their weight arguably well it's yeah. a really firstly yeah. because Barnsley's a really good club yeah but secondly because We'd probably reached a ceiling with what, with what we could have done at Cheltenham, mm. and his stock wasn't going to go any higher. Yeah, but you know it could have it could have decreased. It feels like sort of stepping stones, doesn't it? They're dis- in a management game, I guess that you're sort of jumping from one, and yeah. in a sense, selfishly, you have so to think could, when's, if, when's the chance come for me to to get this this opportunity? Because I wonder about Mick Beale at QPR. That you know the fact that he's turned down a Premier League job admirably stay with Queen's Park Rangers you hope in return that Queen's Park Rangers if things like most clubs in the championship have a difficult run stick they, they'll him. stick with him when that, yeah. when that happens you would hope you would hope they would reciprocate but I don't think football always works like no. that no well that's um, that's where the loyalty debate gets a bit circular and you get confused by it after yeah. a while don't you but but yeah so I think um, I think that's you know that would probably be the Michael's looked at it and thought, well, I'm not sure. Mm. We had a record. We had a record. Um, it's our best ever finish last year. Yeah. The squad has changed massively. Um, the staffing's changed. If we have a, if we, if we do the same again next year, my stock's going to be identical. Yeah. But if it doesn't happen next year and it's going to be a tough year, my stock's probably going to be less. So he probably looked at it and thought it was a good time to good time to move on. Um the challenge for us now is to to remain competitive while yeah. we while we try and while over time we try and 
raise the ceiling of what the club club can and can't achieve. And for you, how good would it be to start your first sort of managerial season with with staying up? I presume it would be a, a great start. Oh, it'd be a massive achievement. Yeah, it would be a massive achievement. Um, and I believe we're. That'd uh, be a massive achievement. I believe. I genuinely believe we're good enough. Yeah. Um, the, the, the targets, the points, targets, and stuff—is that what you talk about? The players—is that relevant at all? Or no, we set know? we set certain targets, so you don't want to cap. You don't want to cap what they can achieve. Mm. I don't want to say, "Oh, staying up is the," because if we if we hit fifty points by if you hit fifty points by March, yeah, you'd reassess what you what you try to do. But our first, our first aim. Yeah, because what is it? Forty six is enough to stay up, is it? Or is it fifty now? I think we're aiming for fifty. Yeah, yeah. Be, <laughs> it's very condensed, safe. isn't it? League one as well. It's really condensed. Yeah, like ridiculously condensed. Um, Which is good because we're used to the Premier League being more polarised. So it's nice when you see leagues that are very competitive throughout. Yeah, it's yeah. A couple of wins can really change the really change how it looks. But yeah, no, I, we. We sat down in the summer as a group, as a squad and as a staff and our first target, first and foremost, was to stay in the league. Yeah. Um, if we can do that, what, May the 6th the last game, I think. On May the 6th, we want to be in the league. If yeah. we get to, I don't know, April the 6th and we're in the league, we'll reassess and we'll see, we'll set a new target and see where we can go, but... No, first and foremost, it's the aim is to stay up. And, and how different have you been in terms of your style to Michael? Do you think is the bits you took from him, and what have you yeah. done differently stylistically? I think there's bits I've taken from everybody, but I'm not, I'm not Michael. No, like we're different, with different people, different personalities, and I learnt that. I learnt that when I was a player. Yeah. So when I was a player, if I'd. But is that difficult for was that difficult as a player when you had a new manager come in in terms of I just mean I just mean I, I I was a right winger and I lad who played centre mid got injured and he was a he was a dog mm-hmm. he was a ball winning midfield player was this a this was at Burnley Burnley and I I got moved into centre mid and I thought oh, I've got to do what he did and I've <laughs> got to be a ball and I was a yeah I was a terrible ball winning midfield player. <laughs> And then the next time I went in there, I just went in there and I was me. But they wanted your quality of your right foot. Yeah. yeah. And my attributes were different. Yeah. And it made the team look different. And that was a, it's funny because we, we've got an image of Burnley in our minds now, but the Burnley that you played in was quite an expansive team, wasn't it? Yeah. No, we were... Yeah, no. We, we were. You could play. You... No, we could. It was... It was um, it's a funny story. We Owens, the year we got promoted, we played Chef Wed away, first game. And the week before, we played... I think we played St. Johnson or Inverness. It might have been Inverness at home at Turf Moor. What was that in? That was the last pre-season game. Oh, pre-season, I was going to say, yeah. So last pre-season game, we played Inverness. And Owen's got, he's got the... Um, he's got a Scottish He's connection. got a back four and a the city midfielder in his office. They've come back in the dressing room and he's got the front the front five of the team in. Mm. And I'm, in, I'm obviously in the front five. And he's gone, right, listen, I've just got those lads in. Uh, I've told them, I don't want you lot coming back over the halfway line. Don't want you defending. That's that's their job. Yeah. So we walk out. Brilliant. <laughs> so we um we're running all over the pitch. We think we're Holland in the seventies. Yeah. We're popping up everywhere. <laughs> we I think we win the game one or two nil, but we're really good. Yeah. So we walk back in all week. We think we've absolutely cracked it here. Yeah. Like we are the bee's knees. We're going to go to Hillsborough. You you mugs just stand back there and do oh, our, right. our yeah, work. Yeah. yeah. We're going to go forward and rip this up. Yeah. We were we were two nil down after three minutes. <laughs> Um, this is in the championship. This is in the championship, but no, we did. No, we we um, no, we did. We we played. We had a good side. What was the highlight you you think of your playing career? Was it the playoff final in two thousand eight? Was it the playing for Birmingham in Europe? Or was it beating Man United? I don't know um, what was the the best. Core difficult to. I was just really proud of. Just appreciate it because you, just, you didn't. It wasn't necessarily going to happen. Yeah, I think I was twenty one when it happened. I yeah. was just. And I'd always aspired to be a footballer. I was desperate to be a footballer. But I'd got to 21 and I was thinking it's probably not going to happen. It's a big message for kids though, isn't it? That, to hear that. People who are 19, 20 that yeah. keep, keep keep working at it, keep knocking on the door. Yeah. I said to our lads, 
a little while ago one of the best books I've read is Grit um, who's that by? is it Angela Duckworth okay I think it's Angela Duckworth might be Susan du- it's Angela Duckworth I think okay and it's it basically without doing a down the premise of it is you know you're going to hit you are going to hit obstacles yeah in any field in any industry you're going to hit you're going to have peaks and troughs and you're going to hit bumps in the road and it's the ones who can persevere and mm. and push on through them and your rate of progress is not the same as other people that's where comparison no. can be can be unhelpful can't it yeah exactly that um and basically the ones who can stay the course and can ride it out and have got the grit to come through the obstacles are the ones who generally yeah who generally um sort of end up reaching where they want to get to and that was ultimately that was my playing career yeah like I started I did I started in the Southern League Bashley 150 people um got rejected by Southampton as a kid uh, persevered made my way back into the league through Bashley came to Bournemouth yeah the rejection gets less painful the more you experience it strangely doesn't it I think if you in a yeah, sense yeah, yeah I think you just start accepting it's part and part of the yeah. Part of the course, isn't it? Um, and yeah, it was. I did. I, I went, like you said, a little bit similar to Michael, went through the leagues League Two, League One, Championship with Burnley, Premier League with Burnley, signed for Birmingham. We ended up playing in Europe. It was. Um, that was after. Did you win the League? You, no, you came the year after. I came the, the year Cup. after they won the League Cup. Yeah. So yeah, no, I, um, I rode the back of other people. <laughs> um, that was a tough season, wasn't it, as well? The next season, was it? Did they. Get relegated? No, 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 we were in the championship. In the championship. Oh, you got played, relegated the year they won the yeah, cup. Yeah, year they won the cup. So we're in the championship. We played about, we played about sixty-three games, I think. Yeah. And um, we lost in the playoff semis, and it was probably just too a many of games, too much for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I said to, I think that's been my that's been my playing career. And, you know, I'm no getting away from it. To again bring it full circle, Alf Church on Saturday was a major, mm. was a major bump in the road. Yeah, but if as a a manager and as a club, as a team, as a group of players, we've got aspirations to yeah progress and get to where we want to get to, then we're going to have to show a bit of grit and persevere and try and find a way of moving forward through it and and being better for it good for you and finally just wanted to ask I do I said to you before I have like health and fitness conversations on here how do you manage your your health mental and physical when you when you're going through these these challenges do you still work out do you, cool. do you, do you switch switch off from from things in, in a sense look after yourself because I presume there must be guys managers that have been long-term managers who, who find a system of of coping with it all in yeah, terms of physically as, mentally not as well as I not as well as I used to to be honest I mm. used to um, I still try and get in the gym or go for a run Yeah, but nowhere near as much as I yeah, I think Michael picked up again last year didn't he exercising more he said it oh, it doesn't look like it <laughs> I think he said he got yeah. on an exercise bike at some point but I don't know he bought a Peloton I think oh okay he bought a Peloton I don't know if he's used it yeah um, but yeah I, I used to I used to get in the gym Three, four times a week. Because you used to be in proper fit as well, weren't you? Like playing in the oh, midfield. Oh, I was a runner. Level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could play a little bit, but I was a runner, really. Um, and then, yeah, mental, mental side of it. Oh, my little boy. Yeah. Little boy's the best thing for that. Because you feel guilty sometimes. There's a sense that you can make it a 24-hour job if you wanted to. But actually, oh, you, you need to. make it a... That's counterproductive, probably, in the long run. You do need to switch off. Like, everyone does need to, to regenerate, recharge. Yeah, you could, easily, and that's that was. I think that's the um, that's the danger. You can. There's always something to do. There's always another game to watch. Yeah. There's always another conversation to be had. It's. Would you be? Would you want to be a Bristol City manager living in Bristol? Would that be too too much? Um, Rovers. No. I'd, you wouldn't get much break then, would you? I don't think. Yeah, I get no break. I am. Um, no, I. I enjoy my job that I've got at the minute. Yeah, you might have a few rogue Cheltenham Town fans recognising you in Bristol. Do you? It's not yeah. not far away. I don't know. If... It's. You know, it's Burnley fans recognise me. Burnley oh, fans yeah. get everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they are. I was um, uh, had my car dropped my car off for its MOT 
few weeks ago and I walked from the OIT place to the training ground so there's a there's a school field there's a field playground playing field that you walk across yeah see a guy I'm in my Chowton kit I seen a guy coming towards me and I'm like must have seen took my headphones out and he said I'm a Burnley fan you (laughs) gave me the best (laughs) Burnley fan doing in the middle of so no it's Burnley more than more than anyone really it's understandable isn't it spotlight hey Wade you've got to get to training I know I really appreciate you coming over especially at this time I know when we fixed it up we didn't know that this was going to be the scenario but I really appreciate coming over and speaking so openly about the process and and bouncing back which which I'm sure you do and I wish you the the best of luck in the coming days and thanks for having us see you soon cheers thank you mate cheers lovely very grateful for Wade Elliott's time really appreciative of him coming over after making a commitment but then after the weekend as you say very difficult result gives you an insight into the ups and downs as challenges of being a manager hopefully and appreciate his candor and his thoughtfulness about the questions I asked I hope you enjoyed that please rate the podcast on iTunes pass it on to a friend another football fan someone might be interested in in that insight that'd be fantastic and rate it on whatever platform you're listening on always always good but I hope you did enjoy it. Thank you for listening. Thank you to the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Remember the association with Cytoplan. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, that discount code at cytoplan.co.uk is Draper10R, my last name, D-R-A-P-E-R, the all in capital letters, the numerals one zero and the capital letter R. Remember with Anthony Asprey, the Holman Academy, if you want to have a free mentoring session, maybe some kind of establish some clarity over what your purpose and goals are in the in the short term in in life and business whatever it might be speak to Anthony Asprey through the link in the show notes and also if you are looking to maybe document or interest in the idea of documenting loved ones voices their life stories you may be interested in something we're doing where I sit down with members of the public it's called Attic Box Audio and you can go to atticboxaudio.co.uk or if it's easier Draper Media my last name Media .co.uk it's access accessible through there so it might be something to check out but anyway thank you for listening to the podcast hope you enjoy it enjoyed it and have a great week cheers bye mm-hmm.